listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. We are back again to discuss the most exciting time in sports. The 2022 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament is finally here. This is the March Madness Series, and we are kicking it off with the Selection Sunday show. I am Adam Banks, and here with me to call the action, as always, for the eighth year in a row, is my March Madness crew, Jordan Canasser, Chad Rainwater, and Zach Kahn. Guys, thank you so much for being here, and what a year it has been. It's been a year since we have all been in person. Actually, wait a minute. Has it been two years since we've been in person? Three. This, this, is, yeah, this is the third year now because we didn't have a tournament in uh, the COVID year in 2020, and then last year everything was over Zoom. Everything was over Zoom, so it's good to finally be in the same room under the same roof with you guys. Jordan, we'll start with you. Jordan, what has been going on this past year? Man, just uh, glad to actually have sports back for once. You know, it's everything started to feel normal again in college basketball this year, and everything's starting to feel normal again doing the show with you guys. Thanks, thanks for having me back for uh, eight eight years of this. Eight this is, years, it's crazy. Eight years, Chad. How's it going, buddy? Man, it's going good. Uh, I was actually talking to Jordan the other day, and I was like, "Man, you remember the last time we did a show together for basketball it was three years ago?" And he's like, "Man, we just did one last year." But it didn't feel like it because we weren't together. Well, no, no, no. Okay, but hold on. We actually did do a show together. We were all in person. Yeah, yeah 2020. 2020, we all got together and we did the House Arrest Volume 1 series. Right, but where it wasn't we, basketball. But it it's was, been three years since we've all gotten together and, and done a podcast. And did a basketball ba- show. Basketball. Yeah, basketball. Yeah, this is crazy. Zach, how's it going, my man? Uh, it's going good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us once again. And uh, yeah, for me, we did do a show in 2020. And we talked about like... I think the point that I remember making was that things were, there was going to just be change. And it's just been a lot of change since then, but I'm glad to have this constant to get to be on the March Madness series. It's always an honor and uh, it's good. Like it feels like a little bit of normalcy is back. March Madness feels like March Madness. Absolutely. And let me just say to all the listeners, you are listening at the right place podcast. This show will be posted to the podcast only. So this is an exclusive podcast episode, but I will say the rest of our series will be broadcasted live on WLXU 93.9 on March the 23rd, Wednesday at 8 p.m., March the 30th, Wednesday at 8 p.m., and April the 6th, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Primetime spot. We're on the radio at night. I like a good nighttime radio show. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, it's and I'm, I'm going to enjoy the aspect of actually getting to go to the studio this year. You know, it's, that's going to be a first for all of us. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Cool. Yeah, we're all getting to actually be in the studio. We've talked about it for a long time. Yeah, I was going to say the buildup for this, man. It's been <laughs> going on since 2020. You, as soon as you got on the radio, you're like, man, I can't wait for the March Madness series. And what happens in 2020? COVID. And what I Didn't love have it last year. So this has been quite the buildup. Yes. And I remember we used to always make fun and poke fun at the fact that we used to record just at my apartment around a table. And we would always act like that. There was Rich Limbaugh. Uh, microphones everywhere as our microphone falls off. Is <laughs> that the golden st- microphone <laughs> falling right there? <laughs> right there it was. But since this is a podcast-only episode, we are kicking it old school. We are recording this with my iPhone 10 and Zach's iPhone 12. Yep, it's uh, yeah, throwback to the early days. <laughs> but that's some of our best episodes. If you listen to our past episodes, we recorded some great content on the old iPhone. But, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick... It off talking about basketball. It is the most exciting time of the year. College basketball, March. 
I love this time. But let's start the conversation off talking about the state of college basketball. COVID-19, let's be honest, it's over. It's good to see packed houses again in the arena, Zach. Uh, absolutely. Like I said, you know, it feels like college basketball is is back. Um, some different things, if you're talking about the state of college basketball, but some some good trends for the first time in a long time in college basketball with um, you know, players staying out. It's got to be the oldest average, you know, age that's ever been in college basketball this year, and it's been good. Exactly, and that's due to, uh, I think a lot of the, uh, that is due to the NIL deal that has happened in the last year. So this is the first year where it was implemented, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what changes that has uh, long term as well. Yeah, when we were talking the other day, Zach, we said that it's interesting because if players, the more, the better they play in college, they're more likely to stay now because they're going to get better money with their NIL deal. You're going to have a lot of different players that would typically, you know, be a mid, early to mid second round pick that now they're going to start coming back because, I mean, Oscar Sheway for Kentucky, you know, he's going to make more money at Kentucky than he's ever going to make in the NBA, in my opinion. So it makes sense for him to come back. Yeah, they were saying something like seven figures the other day I was hearing that he could possibly wow. make at as a college student. I mean, who needs NBA money if you're making money like that and having a great time in college? So happy for him being able to, to claim that. It was, you know, he's been talked about for player of the year for most of the season. And to, for him not to be able to get the NIL money for so long, I mean, he's, he just seems like a great guy. He really does. And he there was nobody more deserving for the national player of the year than that guy. When was the last time Kentucky – had a national player of the year. The consensus was Anthony Davis, yeah. but uh, John Wall won. Like, there's like seven different platforms that name their player of the year. John Wall won a couple, but consensus, <laughs> it was Anthony Davis. Okay. I mean, that's 10 years ago. And then we got, we have also at Kentucky, Wheeler, who was nominated for the Bob Cousy Award. You don't see a UK point guard get nominated for that every day. But we are now in full swing. March Madness is here. The brackets were just released about 45 minutes ago, and we are here to talk about it. You've seen the seeds. Did the NCAA get the seeding right? For the most part, I believe so. Um, I, mean, I haven't had a real chance to you know, study the brackets, but looking over, just glancing over everything, and it, the one that stuck out to me, and I even mentioned it, uh, watching the Selection Sunday show, was uh, Virginia Tech as 11 seed. Um, they uh, finished they – won, they won the ACC conference tournament, um, beating Duke by quite a bit of – quite a bit, 15, I think. 80 to 65, I believe, was the final score. Yeah. Um, I get it. You know, they're 23 and 12. They finished 9 and 9 in their – oh, I'm sorry. That's not – that's uh, – sorry. <laughs> my, notes, my notes were jumbled up, jumbled up. They were 23 and 12, and they finished 11 and 9 in the ACC. Uh, they come in 30th in the net rankings. But if you win your conference, especially a conference like the ACC, and you come in as 11 seed, I mean, like I said, I get it. But at the same time, bumping up to a little uh, – eight or nine seed. Um, but that's really the only team that I think kindly got screwed up in their seeding. Overall, I feel like it's pretty good. I think for the most part, the NCAA got the seeding right this year. I, the first impression when I saw this bracket in its entirety, I said, wow, there's some good matchups. It's going to be a fun march, a lot of good games, a lot of uh, standout matchups, and we'll get to those standout matchups. But do you guys think there were any teams that should have made it into the tournament that did not get in? Uh, there's always a few. Um 
Well, I, let me start off with yeah. Bellarmine. I think that Bellarmine is right. a team well, yeah, that should absolutely. have been in. Uh, what was the main? What was the reason for that? I can't. I don't understand it. So anytime that a, I guess a D two school wants to go in play in D one, they put them on like a four year probationary period. So they're not allowed to play in the NCAA tournament. They actually got denied the NIT as well. So they have to, but they re, <clears throat> from what they're saying, they're reviewing it and they're looking to make it two years, which there shouldn't be any time label, like timetable. Like if you're good enough to go play D1 and then win your conference championship, why can't you play in the NCAA tournament? I think it's ridiculous, but the NCAA has a lot of rules that I don't agree with, you know, and they're starting to, it looks like they actually might start to change a lot of that because they're about to lose the NCAA, you know, people were... They were they just weren't doing a lot of the right things, and that's why NIL came into into play and stuff like that. So it's changing as a whole. Yeah, as far as teams that didn't actually get in the tournament that should have, um, to, to your point about seating, I felt like the committee was a little friendly to the Big Ten, and you can see that with the teams that didn't get in. I know you and I, Adam, we wanted Buzz Williams and Texas A and M to get in so bad, and they, if they'd have won today, they could have got in automatically, but the. Committee wasn't willing to help them out when they didn't. And uh, Buzzy had his team going in the yeah, end. Yeah, I'd love to see Texas A&M. And they, they should be in over over Rutgers or, uh, you know, Michigan. Oh, the surprise team. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little, it would have been nice to see a team like them. Man. Yeah, they oh, got in off their Texas namesake. A&M. Yeah, I think we can all agree if there was one team that got snubbed, it was Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they had two, two wins over Arkansas this year, a win against Auburn. I'm sorry, Alabama as well, and Notre Dame. So there's, you know, three NCAA teams. Um, yeah, I think Texas A&M definitely, definitely deserved to be in. Any more teams? I, you know, I'm going to agree Texas A&M was my team that I thought should have got a chance to get in the tournament. But I think all the seeding actually is the best that the NCAA has done in a long time this year. You know, I, the one thing I don't really agree with is having Kansas and Baylor both as number one seeds, but that's the way it should play. I mean, I guess that's the way it plays out. That's what happens if you're, if you're Kentucky and if you're uh, Auburn, you can't, you can't lose. I mean, both of them lost early in the SEC tournament and they ended up as both as two seeds with two, uh, two teams out of the, out of the big 12 as one seeds. Yeah. I agree with Jordan on that as well. I don't understand how Baylor and Kansas both got the one seed. I guess if you're looking, the other team that could have got the one seed was Kentucky. But if you look at their uh, quad one wins, Kentucky was nine and seven, Baylor was ten and five. Um, I guess that's the difference. I really don't. I, like I said, I really don't understand what made Baylor a one seed over Kentucky. Um, they got beat in the first round or in their first game of the Big Twelve tournament. Kentucky at least based in the semifinals. No, they didn't. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, 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 they did. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm confusing myself. But, yeah, I don't understand how Baylor got the one seed. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. Well, there's always a team that nobody sees coming when they are played in the tournament. There's always just a surprise team, a dark course or a sleeper team, whatever you want to call it. UCLA was undoubtedly that team last year. Remember, they were a first-four team. And I even mentioned last year on the Selection Sunday show, I said that they, it was kind of ridiculous whoever played – whoever got – had to play UCLA in the first round, got cheated because UCLA ended up making it all the way to the Final Four. And then, you know, in years past, there's always been sleeper teams. In 2013, you had Wichita State getting to the Final Four. You had UConn, which was the number seven seed, uh, going to uh, the championship game and beating us in 2014. And then you got uh, a number 10 Syracuse team going to the Final Four after just being on the bubble of getting in in 2016. And then South Carolina... Remember, they were a seven seed and went to the Final Four that year. So, 
there's always teams that just you, you never see coming. They just surprise us. So let me ask you guys, who do you have? Who's your biggest sleeper team? And we'll start with Jordan. Who do you got as your sleeper dark horse? Honestly, um, so I really only have one team that I feel like a lot of people have looked at them this year, and a lot of people didn't feel like they belonged in this tournament. But as of late, they've been playing great. Um, they came in. They came in today, slotted as a number nine seed, um, and that is Memphis. Memphis is going to have to play Gonzaga in the second round. But Memphis has the young talent. They have an unproven Penny Hardaway as a coach, but they're loaded with talent. They're loaded with young NBA talent, and they're 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 on a roll. So I've got them uh, actually advancing to my lead eight, playing Duke. All right. Chad, who you got? Um, it took me a while to figure out a team. Um, or Actually, before we even started this, I had a team set that was going to be my sleeper until I saw the actual brackets come out. But once the brackets were revealed, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the Chattanooga Mocs. Mm. Uh, finished 27 and 7. Uh, if you look at their, That's a their, their resume, <laughs> the resume isn't the greatest. They haven't had any, they haven't had any uh, good games. You know, they lost back-to-back games against Bellarmine and uh, – This is going to go viral. I'm sorry. This will when the Chattanooga Mocs is in the final four. They haven't had any good games. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you knock me – I'm sorry, it wasn't Bellarmine. They lost to Belmont and Murray State. They played them, you know, very well. They're both games on the road. But if you take a look at their lineup, uh, Malachi Smith averaging over 20 points a game. Uh, David John Baptiste, and I probably just butchered his name. Uh, He's coming in at 15 points a game. And uh, Silvio De Sousa – who is 6'9", 250, played it. He's a transfer from Kansas. Um, so he's, he's been here before. You know, Zach, I, I see you laughing over there. But listen, I mean, listen. all the players that I thought would get name-dropped <laughs> on this show, John Baptiste did. Hey, did. averaging 15 points a game, man. That no. Sosa was Wait. good for Kansas, though. Like, he was, he was oh, actually uh, a good player. Yeah, see, that's the thing about transfers. you got transfers everywhere now. I, I didn't know so Chattanooga had them. That's deep knowledge. If we're talking about – um, sleepers, I'm going with Chattanooga. You know, the first round matchup against Illinois. Yeah, you have Kofi Coburn there, and he scares a lot of guys. But like I said, um, with six uh, nine De Sousa, I believe that uh, he can uh, take he can he can handle uh, Coburn. So we'll we'll see, man. We'll see. Like I said, I have Chattanooga beating Illinois in the first round. I don't know about the second round yet. I haven't I haven't gotten that far. Interesting but though, I do like we, that. You can you can bet on it right now, and I would I would take, <laughs> oh, I would take it to the bank, man. Oh. Chattanooga will beat Illinois in the first in the first round. Yes. Illinois was was one of the best teams last year. They got they got put out early. Uh, I expect them to do the same thing this year. Well, okay, well that's interesting, and I hope that you make sure that you enter that in the off the cuff bracket challenge. Which, by the way, folks. You can enter it too. Just go to Off the Cuff Without a Mix on Facebook, and you can enter there. It will be posted as this podcast is being broadcasted because we'll have this up by 9, and you can go and enter your bracket for a $25 gift certificate to Starbucks. <laughs> a gift certificate. That's I, I'm going to want So there's no coffee cup this year? No. Well, we went back and forth with it this year, man. But, you know, times are tough. I just bought a house. I just, you know, I, I don't know. I Buying a coffee cup was a little pricey this year, so... And I was I'm, looking forward to the coffee cup. Maybe. I was going to win it this I mean, year. Should I, should I buy a coffee cup for the winner? You can go ahead and buy it for me. I'm going to win. So. <laughs> we, do have, we do have a new logo. It would, it would look awesome on a coffee cup. Oh, yeah. See, if I win it again, then yeah. I could have two, like... It'd be like just trophies through the air. <laughs> um, 
that's fair. Yeah, that would be a good one. But Zach, who is your uh, sleeper team? Is this like a sleeper, like somebody that you got going for, or like just a Cinderella? Well, I mean, okay, because here's the thing. It, a sleeper team doesn't necessarily have to be a Cinderella, because a Cinderella would be defined as somebody that uh, just like kind of little – a little miracle happening. Loyal of Chicago was a Cinderella. Cinderella story. It was a yeah. small. All right, all right. Yeah. But I'll, I don't. I don't think you can make like Michigan a Cinderella or I'll UCLA. I'll give you my, my longest Sweet Sixteen team. Um, I got Vermont in the Sweet Sixteen. I didn't research them like Chad. I think he was watching some film on uh, Chattanooga. I haven't watched any film on the Catamounts from Vermont, but. Arkansas, uh, just after looking over their resume, I'm not that impressed. I think Vermont can win that. I think a lot of Arkansas's success comes to comes down to their home arena. Um, their biggest wins were at home. And then I had New Mexico State beating UConn, so Vermont could easily win over New Mexico State, and you get the and they get the challenge of playing Gonzaga. And if they pulled that one off, that'd be one of the great ones of all time. Don't have them going that far, but yeah, I'd say Vermont's a team that I would look for. Got a good path laid out for them. They're in a dangerous. They're in a dangerous uh, division, though. The West is loaded from top to bottom. Gonzaga, Memphis, Arkansas, Alabama, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, Michigan State's always a tournament team, and then Duke. It's the West is absolutely loaded, and I'm glad to not see Kentucky in the West. Let me say this: This isn't a Cinderella, but this is my sleeper team. Uh, it's going to be the North Carolina Tar Heels. Is going to be my sleeper team. They're 24 and nine. They spoiled Coach K's last home game, which was <laughs> excellent. I mean, not only did they spoil it, they destroyed. They destroyed Duke, and it was the final home game. It was great. UNC also arguably has the best player in the ACC. His name is Ormando. Bacot. Bacot. Bacot, yes. And he is averaging 16 points a game. So I think that he's def- that UNC is definitely a possibly a sleeper team. And hey, don't sleep on UCLA. Mick Cronin, he knows how to get he knows how to get his team to the next level. He's got a veteran team. Look at his guards. He's got Johnny Juze, Jamie Josquez Jr., Tiger Campbell, and Julius Bernard, all seniors. And don't be surprised if they don't end up in the Elite Eight this year. I, I could see it again. You know, they made picks. it. They made it to the championship game last year. So, it's uh, UCLA's got a very good team, and they, they they're not really missing anybody from that last year's team. So, I think that's um, I think it's a, a big team to look out for. But with you saying UNC, I'm just not. I got the pleasure of seeing UC, uh, North Carolina in person this year, and I was not impressed. It was a 30-point Kentucky victory, and North Carolina just looked like they weren't on the same level. Well, I, I agree with Banks on this one, though, because Baylor, not the same team, not quite as good as they were last year. A couple of uh, key players out for them. They got LJ Cryer out, and Jonathan – oh, gosh, this is like the hardest name in college basketball. <laughs> Shamway Shouta. That's what I want to go with. But uh, – yeah, I mean, a couple of key role players uh, there out for Baylor. So I could see North Carolina getting by them. But then, yeah, losing to UCLA. I like it. I, I do. Okay, so there's always teams, though, in the tournament that get upset. So who's your biggest upset, Jordan? I, I mean, like I said, my biggest upset, I guess, is going to be in the round of 32 with uh, number number nine-seeded Memphis beating the number one overall team in Gonzaga. Um I think Memphis has the size. I think they have the speed to keep up and be able to play with um, Gonzaga. It's the you know uh, Chet Holgram's going to be a hard matchup for a lot of teams and Timmy, but I think Memphis has what it takes. But that's my really my biggest upset that I have throughout my bracket. Um, 
there's just a lot of there's a lot of standout good older teams and you know it's going to be a very interesting tournament and i can't wait for it to start on a thursday it's going to be the full first day of, of games chad i got an interesting question for you what do you who is going to be the first number one seed to go Who's going to be the first number one seed to drop from this tournament? Because I feel like out of everybody's bracket here at this table, you've got one that really goes against the chalk. So do you have a number one seed dropping? For, who is that number yeah, one seed Yeah, without digging first? deep into my, you know, we, we revealed the final four uh, teams at the end without going, you know, digging into that. The first final four, or I'm sorry, the first number one seed team that I have losing, and I believe, I believe it is Kansas. I went back and forth on this. Kansas either goes really far in the tournament, like they did in you know 2012 when they went to the championship game, or they lose in the first or in the second or third round. I have Kansas as the first number one seed team to fall uh, to Iowa in the Sweet 16. You know Iowa's rolling right now, just won the Big Ten. Uh, and like I said, I, I never can trust Kansas. Uh, it's just always been a team that I've never been able to trust, and uh, so. Yeah, it's it's Kansas. Kansas is my first number one team to fall. And Zach, what kind of upsets are we looking at in your bracket? Well, I gave you the Vermont one. Um, I have another 13 seed winning actually as well. Uh, South Dakota State, look out for them over Providence. Uh, agreed with you on North Carolina over Baylor. I got USC in the Elite Eight as well. Um, I mean, they're a decently talented team. They got Isaiah Mobley. Um, USC definitely a program on the rise, but. Just, again, a lot of it comes down to me for path. Um, Auburn's struggling right now. I could see USC getting past them. Wisconsin, not as good as maybe they've been in years past. So, um, yeah, I actually had quite a few upsets. I had a really chalky bracket last year, but uh, this year, a little, little bit of chaos. Well, what I want to do now is go around the table and get everybody's Final Four prediction. And I, what we'll do is you'll kind of – I mean, if you want, you can tell us how you got there, if, if it's a wild Final Four. But we will start with Chad, and we will get Chad's Final Four. Chad, who do you got in the Final Four, which will be played in, I don't know, is it Los New Orleans? Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Oh, okay. Classic uh, Final Four location. It is. My, uh, my Final Four for 2022, I got uh, Gonzaga out of the West. I have them beating the number two uh, seeded Duke. In the East, I have Purdue, which may be a little bit of a shocker. Uh, the three seed, I have them beating uh, Baylor. Out of the South, I have Arizona. Um, in Arizona, I feel like, you know, they're top three favorites to win it all. Um, I really like Arizona this year. Um, Benedict uh, Matherin with 17 points a game, as well as their uh, seven-footer uh, – Coloco, I really like him as well. I think, uh, you know, Arizona is another one of those teams that you really can't trust. Uh, we saw that just a few years ago when they got beat in the uh, round of 32, maybe, I think it was. Sounds right. Um, but uh, I, have, I have Arizona coming out of the south. And in the Midwest, another little bit of a shocker here, I have Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's been there before. Uh, Big Ten Player of the Year, Johnny Davis. I have them uh, beating um, Iowa, who I said that the team that mm -hmm. would knock off Kansas. Mm -hmm. So my final four have Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, and Wisconsin. So two three seeds and two one seeds. All right. Jordan, who do you got in the final four? My final four, so out of the east, 
Actually, I want to save the East. That's Kentucky's bracket. I'm saving that for last. So the West, I have Duke. Uh, number two seed of Duke. They're, I know they've lost games this year, but the talent level is different than I've, I've seen in a long time in college basketball. So I'm going to take Duke out of the West, and I'm actually going to have them winning it all for me. Um, out of the South, I have Tennessee. Tennessee is – I've got them – I've actually got Arizona losing early. I've got TCU beating Arizona. And then Ooh. I'm unlike Chad. I've got Illinois going to uh, my lead eight. But Tennessee's going to their first Final Four in program history this yep, year. They are. That would, they would be. Out of the Midwest, I'm taking number one seeded Kansas. And I think Kansas's talent level is just, you know, it's every year. Kansas is always – they're always a proven team. They lose sometimes early, but they always seem to every couple of years make it to the big game. And then out of the East – and I hate to say this, but I just changed this. I just had to change it hard a minute ago. I've got Purdue oh. coming out of the East. They've got they they got their size is almost unmatchable. So uh, Evie, the big what is he seven four? And I mean his frame is just humongous. And then they got uh, Jordan Ivy, going to be a top five NBA draft pick. They've got talent that I think is just going to prevail in the tournament. So that's my that's my four: Purdue, Duke. Tennessee and Kansas. And, you know, I, I love your Tennessee uh, pick there. And let's talk about Tennessee for just a second. Their first SEC championship in, like, 40, 42 years. 42 yeah, they, years. They've really impressed me lately. Seven straight wins. Uh, yeah, getting the first tournament title in 42 years. Yeah. Yeah, they're due. Tennessee is just due. So, I mean, Tennessee. It's a golden era for Tennessee. It really could right be now. Rick Barnes. He's never reached the Final Four. Rick Barnes needs it. I mean, he's one of those Hall of Fame coaches that just needs the Final Four. He, so, no, he, I looked it up. He does that. He had uh, one with Texas. One with Texas. Okay. Oh, so, he, no title, though, right? No. Needs a title. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Tennessee, I like Tennessee. I like that pick, you know, and I, I don't have them in mind. I haven't revealed my Final Four, but I do like that Tennessee pick. Uh, the SEC champions, they're. Uh, Rick Barnes, he's really got him rocking and rolling. Zach, who do you got in your Final Four? Well, just one more thing about Tennessee. I have him there as well. And I think Rick Barnes, if I had to give an award for if I was a, a college basketball player, like which coach I would be most scared of, like if they were mad at me because I messed up, like Rick Barnes is intent. Like he's, if you ever heard an interview with him, he's like kind of mild mannered in the interviews and stuff, but he's, he's, yeah. he's just Tensely. Yeah, he, he's definitely Tennessee's a guy. On a mission. So yeah. I got them on the <laughs> Final Four uh, bound, and I'll have them taking on uh, Kansas. Uh, that's a veteran team that Kansas has. Bill Self, um, they've got just, uh, you know, a lot of uh, talent there. Um, been hot lately as well. They just can't turn the ball over too much, but I think they'll, they'll manage to keep it under control and get to the Final Four. On the other side, I got um, – Gonzaga, uh, what a what a front court they have with Holgram, uh, Anton Watson, Drew Timmy. You forget they even still they still have Drew Timmy. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. And then they uh, guards aren't bad either. They got Schroeder and um, Nimhart. It's a good team. Uh, Nolan Hickman there yeah. too. Can, once a once a Kentucky Man, commit. Gonzaga just keeps getting better and better. This is probably the maybe the best team they've ever had. And then uh, I've got Kentucky making the Final Four. I think we can got a lot of got a lot of talent. Um, Play fast, Shibwe. Um, yeah. We, you know, can't argue with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> national so. Player of the Year. Yep. Um, but uh, I don't know. Jordan already gave his national champion, so we are. Like, yeah, go ahead and give okay. your national championship. I've I've not even revealed my final four yet. So I'm, I'm, no, no, no. So you want to hear? Go, yeah, go ahead. Sure. I got Gonzaga winning out there in the West, and I got Kentucky 
winning out there in the East. Because so this will be Kentucky's first Final Four in seven years. Now, let me say this: if Kentucky does not make it to the Final Four, John Calipari's seat will warm up a little bit. Now they're not going to fire him, nor will they even be close to firing him. But as Chad said uh, before, we went on the air. He's turning his seat warmers on. Uh, or UK will turn the seat warmers on for Coach Cal because his seat will get a little lukewarm. Seven years for a blue blood for a blue blood program that's a long time. He needs one, but I've got him going this year, so he'll have nothing to worry about. Then I like Arizona just like most of you guys do. I is Tennessee in that region. I might have to go yeah, back and change yeah. that because I really like Tennessee after talking about it, and now that's on my mind. So I'm I'm going back and forth with Tennessee and Arizona, but then I've got. Also, I've got uh, Iowa being the sleeper team and also the fifth seed making it to the Final Four. And I'll go ahead and say it will be Gonzaga and probably Tennessee in the final game, and Gonzaga will will cut down the nets. I mean, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I'll go I'll, – I gave my national champion team, but I got Duke and Kansas, uh, two great teams in college basketball. Uh it's going to be a fun tournament. Uh, I can't wait to uh, see how it unveils and stuff like that, but I can't wait Can't wait to see it. So if it's Duke versus Kansas in the finals, I don't know if I agree with the <laughs> assessment of it being a fun tournament. It would be a pretty sad April. Yeah, well, who, who would you all be for in that game? Say it was Duke-Kansas. Coach K's last game coaching college basketball to win a national championship. I, I guess I'd be rooting for the game to be well-officiated. <laughs> yeah. Chad, you announced your winner a while ago. It was not Purdue, was it? No, 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 no. I didn't, I didn't reveal my, my championship game or okay. my champion. Um, I have uh, Gonzaga and Arizona in the championship, and I have the Gonzaga Bulldogs cutting down the nets. Um, okay. I say it every year, and then we can all agree Gonzaga's been beating at that door for the past nine, ten years. They got there last year, got to the championship game. It looked like they were going to win. I agree with you, man. I That's think, mine. I think this year they go to the championship and they finally they finally cut down the nets for their first title in, in program history. I just – I mean, if you look at the roster, I mean, they're stacked. I mean, they have uh, five guys averaging double figures. Um, and, this is, and just Timmy and Holgram just going to be a matchup nightmare down in the paint. Um, I think that uh, – I think it, I think this is their year. I think this is the, the the year that Gonzaga finally finally cuts the nets down. Okay, just really quick, just a review. So I've got Gonzaga. Chad's got Gonzaga. Jordan's got Duke. And Zach, you had. Uh, I have Kansas taking it over Gonzaga. <laughs> Kansas taking it over yeah, Gonzaga. Okay, so Kansas, Duke, and two Gonzagas. We'll, we'll keep up with it on the off the cuff bracket challenge. So there you go, folks. That is the review of the bracket for the 2022 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. But before we quit for today's episode, I do want to cover this topic because it's always fun. This is the time when coaches get fired and hired. So let's take a look at the coaching carousel. Let's start with the college basketball is going to look a lot different because Coach K, he's out at Duke after this year, regardless of of winning or not, he's out, and John Shire is in. Do you think Duke will fall off uh, the map as being a blue blood program in college basketball? I don't think Duke's going to go anywhere as a program. I And honestly, I feel like John Shire, I mean, he could step in and be the next Coach K, but he could also step in and then he's going to be on a short leash. He's going to have two years. Yeah. He's going to have two years, and if he can't prove anything – he, he has to make an Elite Eight in his first two years. The recruiting's still there for him. I don't see that being an issue. Duke's always going to be Duke. 
but I don't I don't see any issues there. So I I think I, John Sharp might actually be the right hire. I do see Duke losing some ground. I mean, Coach K is. It's hard to imagine Duke without him. Yeah, it's going to be really hard for them to f- go out and find a, somebody to fill those shoes. I don't think uh, it's set up for immediate success at all. Um, I think they will fall off in the in the middle term at least. It will be interesting to see what happens there. Then you got Georgia, who fired Tom Crean. Looks like they're getting a, another SEC coach because they have hired or uh, they're signing a deal with Florida head coach Mike White. So that leaves the Florida Gators as an opening. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, get, fine, good, get rid of Tom Crean. He, he just doesn't have it. But what does to, go out, have? Yeah, yeah. to go out and hire a guy that couldn't get it done in Florida. Yeah. Like, it's just that was the weirdest way that that's un, like, unfolded. Like, you bring in a mediocre, not even really a mediocre SEC head coach. And you're you're doing an interconference hire. That's yeah. the SEC. Is there any coaches left in the SEC other than really Rick Barnes, Bill, uh, uh, Bruce Pearl, and John Calipari? I feel like everybody's got fired. It says here that uh, Tom Crean went 47 and 75 in four seasons and never finished better than tenth in the SEC. That so. might be better than what Mike White ends up posting in that same time. Span. I honestly, I, I honestly agree with you. Mike yeah. White was he's living off Billy Donovan, Florida name. Who will go to Florida? That's a great opening. That's a great opening. I'd love to be the head coach of UF. I bet Florida's excited about that. To have a new opening, yeah. They, the, the way that it worked out for him, then you had to fire him. Yeah. What are the Chicago Bulls doing right now? Could you see a Billy Donovan return? Uh, he's no, a, the Bulls are they're on the way up. Billy Donovan won't go back to ruin that legacy. If he's coming back, he's coming to UK. Yeah. I don't know, though. With Florida and NIL now, there's so many different options for Billy Donovan. I don't think it's going to happen, but... That would be, I mean, that would be he's, interesting. He's getting into a window where he's got a chance, you know, with another player or two on the Bulls to win an NBA championship. And, uh, you know, that's got to be. But, uh, yeah, it's tempting. It's a, it's an interesting what if. The Florida's going to be, in my opinion, that's going to be the biggest hire this offseason because that's a program that's in and out of being just right there on the blue yes. blood. I mean, they yes. won back to back national championships. Yes, yes, yes. Florida is a great job. I, I would love to have that job. I mean, they have the facilities. They've got. They're in the, a great conference. It's warm all year long. Uh, you don't have a lot of pressure because of football, but you have some because of Billy Donovan made it that way. But it's just a great job. Well, the LSU job too. You're gonna have to look at that and be like, are they gonna be on probation? Are they gonna be able to yeah, go to the tournament sure. next year? And then that's the same with the Louisville job. Yeah. That's gonna be, and that's. That's one of the biggest jobs. I mean, that that's just as big as a Florida job, if not bigger. Absolutely. But what are they? I mean, they've already granted they weren't going to make the tournament this year, anyways. But I'm pretty sure they asked to be able to sit out of the tournament this year, trying to lessen the the sanctions that the NCAA is going to bring down on them. But Louisville's a great job. Louisville but, is a great job, and people forget though they're, it's going to be hard for them to hire a good coach because sanctions are coming down on them any. Day now, the NCAA doesn't get in a rush, but when it happens, uh, the the new coach is going to suffer for that. So they're not going to get anybody great. That's why Kenny Payne will be their next head coach. I think you're right. Where's uh, Rick Pitino going to go? Oh, that's uh, mm-hmm. there's so many great openings for Rick Pitino to go at. But let's get back to we got Kansas State. Bruce Weber he resigned. He's out of Kansas State. We know that. Chris Mack he's out at Louisville. Who the, Kenny Payne's who they're going to get? We talked about Will Wade. He's out at LSU. LSU, that's that's a hard place to coach basketball. It's untelling who they're going to get. Maryland's looking for a coach. There was rumors that Rick Bettino might go. 
Who knows? I think he's already shut those down. Okay, and then you got... Maryland would have been a good job for him. It would have been. It really would have been. You got Conzo Martin out at Missouri, Mo Williams out of Alabama State. So that's the big uh, firings or and resignations uh, for the college blue bro- or the college programs. I don't want to say they're all blue. Would Rick Pitino go to Missouri? Is that, has I don't there been any so. rumors there? I, there's yeah, no rumors. Be interesting, though, just thinking it, about playing Rick Pitino in Missouri. I think he would, and here's why. Because he's back in a top-five power conference. He's back at coaching at a level. It, it's not an ideal school. Though The next school he goes to will be his does last. He enjoy the he's does he enjoy the attention of playing Kentucky? Yes, yes. And he trolled us this year like yes. when we had a COVID uh, cancellation. It's said, better with Oh, Iona's it. available. It's better with, with Britt Bettino. I can see him taking that just to, just to troll Kentucky. He seems to be about that. <laughs> playing us twice a year. Yeah. yeah. What, wherever he goes, he'll get that. If he goes to a Power 5 conference, he'll get that team to a Final Four a, within yeah, three He's years. a really great X's and O's coach, isn't he? One of the best. Top five of all time. Yeah. No doubt. I would love to see Rick Pitino back in high-level college basketball. I could see a school – I mean, honestly, like, if you're Florida at this point, why not? Yeah. That's what I'm, dude. I mean, I I would love it, but I don't think the athletic director will go for it. I don't Not think. For it. No, yeah, they're too with classy. Any of these there. jobs, it, it depends on like a school could just say nope, and that we just don't want that around the program. So exactly. it kind of limits the number of schools that would would potentially be interested. Exactly, because he would be the, if he didn't have all these sanctions coming down on him, he would be the hottest. Available coach out there. Yeah, it's really not been that long. Like he's done whatever the shortest route was he could to get back to major college basketball. Like you know, uh, what he coached in Greece for a while and then got the Sion job. And now, like, bam, right back in the. <laughs> well, he says he's not leaving. That's the thing. But Rick Pitino also said, you know, he wasn't leaving Kentucky for Boston. He wasn't know. leaving I mean, Boston like, for Louisville. He, he got Iona turned around pretty well in year one. Get some recruits to transfer to. They could they could be a, like a Cinderella team next year. But is that what a you know is that what a Hall of Fame well, coach but, and Rick Pitino really wants is make a Sweet Sixteen run with Iona and then think about the jobs you could get next year. Rick Pitino wins national championships though he doesn't try to push for sweet 16 runs and making that his best thing well i'll stand by this he'll have his next job as his last job he's only got four or five more good years so he needs to make a wise and strategic decision wherever he goes but ladies and gentlemen that about wraps up the selection sunday show we will be back of course on march the 23rd wednesday at 8 p.m on wlxu 93.9 fm and then we will return the following wednesday march the 30th Wednesday at 8 p.m., and then April 6th, Wednesday at 8 p.m. The next episode, we will be discussing the first two rounds, and we will preview the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. But before we go, do you guys have anything to add before we close it down? Uh, Thanks again for having us. Uh, Always a a pleasure, and look forward to doing the rest of the episodes. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us again. It was nice to sit around the table once again like old times and talk about basketball, man. Well, yeah, we all got together this year. It's been it's been two years. Um, and then next week we're going to the studio. And we're gonna have our sweet sixteen teams. I can't wait. I know. The best time of the best time of the tournament's those first two rounds. So thank you guys as always for doing this. The professional sports panel. It's always fun and I always enjoy it. And we will be back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Adam Banks. That is Jordan Canasser. Chad Rainwater and Zach Kahn, and this is Off the Cuff with Adam Banks presents the March Madness Series Selection Sunday Show. We'll see you.